Greetings in the most exalted name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, coming to you from the New Testament Church of God, Harvest Temple, Wolverhampton, in the United Kingdom. This is a brand new day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice that we are alive to see it. And I want to thank you for taking time to share fellowship and join us in worship today. I trust as we journey throughout this service, you will be blessed. At this point, I want to remind you that later on during this broadcast, we will be sharing communion together. So you may want to prepare for that and have emblems representative of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ to participate in this important sacrament. For now, we're going to be singing together, and I want you to join us as we sing with all our hearts and exalt the name of Jesus, the great hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
it is time to seek the Lord in prayer. So let us pray together. God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It is a hope which is alive, a living hope, a hope that uh, rises above any circumstance, any challenge that we face in this life. The hope we have in Christ is our anchor and it keeps our soul. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can trust and rely on you for our salvation, for our deliverance, for our provision, for our healing, and to meet every need in our lives. And so, Lord, I lift up to you the community in which you have placed us in Heavetown, Wolverhampton, and pray, Lord, that you will meet the needs of the residents who live in this vicinity. Lord, I commit to you our church family and our extended families, O oh God, and ask for a supply of your grace and your peace, Lord, that will preserve and sustain us in this time. And so, Lord, we take time now to thank you for provision. Thank you for healing. Thank you for deliverance, O oh God. Thank you for freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus. This we ask in Jesus' name as we pray together and we say the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The message laid on my heart to share with us today is entitled, Be Courageous. Be Courageous. And I want to share some thoughts from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter 1. So let's read from verse 1 through to 9. And it reads as follows. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. And of good courage, 
For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will make and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we say amen to the reading of Holy Scripture. Be courageous. Be courageous. The command of the Lord to Joshua, and I believe also the command of the Lord to us in this time and era in which we are living. The stories of the Old Testament are types of what we are living through today. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, at the beginning of that chapter, Paul is sharing examples of Old Testament stories and accounts. And then he gets to verse 11 of that chapter where he says, Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And in a way, Paul repeats that in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, where it says, Therefore, whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So what we are reading from the portion of uh, Joshua today was written for our learning that we might have patience and comfort of the scriptures and hope. So the point I want to make here is that for every theological principle in the New Testament, there is an illustrative picture in the Old Testament. You see, the children of Israel in the Old Testament is a type of uh, the new believer in the New Testament, you know, a New Testament believer. So as we follow the story of the children of Israel, we see their triumphs, we see their failures, we see their struggles with obedience, their struggles with the flesh, we see them at times turning to idols, and we also see them repenting and rebuilding their relationship with God. It's all there in the Old Testament recorded in those stories. And these are types of uh, the life that we today as New Testament believers um, live and illustrates the challenges that we have in this time. 
So just to make this clearer, let me just bring out a few examples. So we, we, we can read um, in, in Genesis and in Exodus, the story of, of the Israel or the Hebrews being in bondage for around 400 years. And from that, we can say, well, Egypt is a type of the world. Uh, there were slaves in Egypt. And the bondage that they were under is a type of sin. And Pharaoh is a type of the enemy of the, of the devil. And we read in Exodus that they were delivered by the Passover lamb. As we are delivered by our Passover lamb who is Jesus Christ. They were delivered by applying the blood of that lamb on their doorposts and lintel. We are delivered by the application of the blood of Jesus Christ on our hearts and on our lives. They left out of Egypt and they came to the Red Sea and they passed through the Red Sea. And to us, that's a type of baptism. So you see, they were delivered from sin. They passed through the Red Sea, a type of baptism, just like we are delivered from our sins. And in obedience to the command of Christ, we are baptized. And then they went into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, God provides for them manna daily. God provides for them water from a rock. And that's speaking of the word of God, that God provides for us as, as, as newborn babes, you know, sincere milk of the word. And, it, and the, the, the water from the rock also represents the washing of water by the word of God. The wilderness was a place of testing, a place where God wanted them to grow and mature. And so it is for us as new believers when we are delivered from sin, pass through the waters of baptism, we begin to immerse ourselves in the word of God. We will face tests and trials, but these are not meant to destroy us or to, to bring us uh, down to nothing, but these tests are sent into our lives to help to grow us and mature us. And, you know, maturity is not something that comes with age. You know, we, we expect a baby to be immature. That's, we're okay with that. But if someone who's 30 years old is acting like a baby, then that's, that's a bit of a problem there, isn't there? So these tests and this place of, of trials in the wilderness is to bring about maturity. And so we also, in our journey enter into a place of testing in the wilderness. But God wants us to mature in our faith. And, and, and he wants us to grow in our faith and have faith and trust and confidence in him. But we see in the story of the Exodus and the ch children going into the wilderness that because of their unbelief, that only two individuals that crossed over the Red Sea actually makes it into the promised land. And let me just say here, the promised land is not speaking of heaven, as we have sung many times, you know, Canaan's happy land. The promised land is in the here and now. God wants us as believers to pass through our wilderness experience 
to learn, to mature, to grow, and then by his spirit to be led across our Jordan into the fullness of what he has for us now in this age and in this time. So we're not talking about some happy day in heaven. We're talking about the here and now. As I mentioned, only two from that generation that left Exodus. And the estimate is that there was about two million people that left from Egypt and uh, entered into the wilderness. Only two out of two million would eventually enter into the promised land. And these are named in the scripture as Joshua and Caleb. And we, we can read in Numbers chapter 13, that 40 years or so before uh, Joshua leads the people into the promised land, Joshua, Caleb, and eight others were sent by Moses to spy out the promised land. And that when the spies returned to Moses, as we, we know, we're familiar with the story, that eight of them brought back a negative report And only Joshua and Caleb came back with positive reports. The reports were the land is is fertile, you know, with fruits. But there are giants there. And the eight negative spies says, well, we can't take them. They will destroy us. But Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able to conquer that land. But you know that uh, the, the pervading report... The prevailing report was a negative one, and it brought the people into a a place and a state of unbelief. And because of their unbelief, every one of that generation, one by one, died and perished in the wilderness, apart from Joshua and Caleb. You may say that sounds a bit harsh, but, you know, God wants us uh, to exercise faith and trust in him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is God, that he is the almighty God. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and trust him and obey him. I don't know if you heard that the way I just heard it. But the scripture says, without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. And then Romans 14, 23 says, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. And listen to this. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Did you hear hear that like I just heard that? Whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever we do, whatever choices we make in life, some of us have some difficult choices even now in this time of the pandemic to make? Shall I go left or right? 
Shall I accept this or reject it? The most important thing I would say is that whatever you do, do it in faith. Do it in faith, trusting, believing God, that he is the one who is your preserver, your keeper, your director, and he's the one who's giving you wisdom and guidance. So the children of Israel chose to fall into these places of unbelief, and because of that, as I said, apart from two of them, Joshua and Caleb, they all perished in the wilderness. Now God had repeatedly said, said to um, the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I have given you this land and I will be with you. So God is saying, you are going to conquer this land, Israel, because I've already given you the victory. And all you have to do is obey my command and follow my lead by faith to obtain that victory and conquer the land. So I want to point out here something about Joshua. Notice that Joshua was a servant. He had served uh, Moses for 40 years. He's one of the original spies sent out by, uh, by Moses. Joshua was not a coward. He was not faint-hearted. Joshua was a brave and courageous man who had faith and confidence in the Almighty God. And the third point I want to bring out is that Joshua was a man of obedience. Whenever God spoke to him, he obeyed immediately the command and the word of the Lord. The name Joshua means the Lord is salvation. And Joshua is his name in English. In Hebrew, the name is Yehoshua. Yehoshua in Hebrew. And in Greek, the name is Jesus. So we see that Joshua is a type of the Lord Jesus found in the Old Testament. And as Joshua leads the people into the promised land, so our Joshua, Jesus Christ, leads us into a spirit-filled life. You know, the scripture said that we would have life and have it more abundantly. It's talking about the here and now and the life that we are living now. And Jesus Christ leads us by his spirit into that life of abundant living. Why do some believers spend the most of their time living in Canaan? You know, some never ever cross over that Jordan into that place of abundant, spirit-filled living. And I believe the primary purpose is because we doubt, we don't believe, and I would also say because we are so passive. We have an attitude of apathy and indifference. So we don't want to be like that. We want to believe God. We want to be courageous. We want to be obedient. 
and we want to cross over into what the Lord has for us now in this time. I want you to notice something from the passage that I read, uh, Joshua 1, 1 through to 9. I already stated that Joshua is a courageous uh, man, but notice that three times in that passage, God says to him, be strong and be courageous. Not because he's, he's not a brave and courageous man, but the task which was at hand was beyond any human being achieving it by their own wit or intelligence or cleverness. And there would be some real challenges there. God had given them the land, but there would be some real challenges in order to take uh, the territories in the promised land. So God says to Joshua, I know you're a brave, courageous man, but I'm saying to you, be strong and be courageous. And then something else that's poignant that God says to Joshua in verse 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I think this is key. God is saying to Joshua that I want you, Joshua, and God's saying the same thing to us today. He wants us to build a relationship with him through his word, through meditating in his word, through reading his word. God wants us to build a relationship with him. That's, that's important. Notice that God doesn't give Joshua, you know, the bigger picture. He doesn't give him a a battle plan, you know, but he guides him day by day. And Joshua offers to God as he receives instructions, immediate obedience. Psalm 119 that we looked at in our Bible study a few weeks ago, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. And that's simply saying that God doesn't tell us everything. He guides us daily. So that's why uh, the, the scripture is saying here, and the word of the Lord came to Joshua saying, meditate in my law, meditate in the word day and night. Then you will have uh, good success. And God is saying the same thing to us. He doesn't always show us. Or give us, you know, the blueprint and a plan what's going to happen next week and the week after and the year after. What God wants from us is to meditate in his word day and night. He lights up one step at a time. His word is a lamp to our feet. Not a lamp to the highway so we can see 10 miles down the road. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So as we meditate in the, in the word of God, day by day, as we grow our relationship with God through meditating in his word, God will give us guidance one step at a time, and then we offer to God immediate um, obedience. And we see this 
in the book of, of Joshua, not only with Joshua, but with the children of Israel who are following their leader. You know, they have a completely different attitude from that generation that left out of Egypt who were always seen to be mourning and complaining and belly aching and were unbelieving. This generation that Joshua was leading uh, rose to a, a, another level of faith and offered obedience. Yes, they did fail a couple of times, but they learned from their mistakes and they went on to conquer many uh, territories. So, as I, as I examined this scripture, I, I, I saw some, uh, some comparisons, you know, um, with the Joshua and with the, 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 this, this second generation that came out of, of Egypt. I noticed that when they came to the Red Sea, to cross the Red Sea, that God allowed Moses to stretch out his rod at the sea party so they could see dry land to walk across. But for this generation with Joshua, they rose to a different level of faith. God said to them, step into the Jordan, whose banks were overflowing and swelling. The waters didn't part before they stepped in. The, the, the river was flowing, and it was, the banks were swelling, and God commanded them to step into the Jordan. Then the Jordan parted. And then God said to them, lay stones, you know, both in the Jordan and on the land to, as a memorial. And then as they crossed over the, the river Jordan, the river closed up behind, behind them. So now they are hiding behind enemy lines. And then God asked them to do some strange things. God said to uh, Joshua, after they cross the Jordan, they're hiding behind enemy lines. So that means they're not too far away from Jericho. And I'm sure that uh, those who are in the, the, the watchtowers in Jericho, Jericho are fully aware that the children of Israel had crossed over the Jordan. And God says to uh, Joshua, I want you to renew your covenant with me and circumcise all the males. And that just sounds to me absolutely crazy. You cross over the Jordan, it's closed up behind you. You're, in under, you're hiding in enemy lines and God asks you to circumcise all the males. That would make them very, very vulnerable. But I think God was doing all this to say, your consecration, your covenant with me is of utmost importance. And I am your protector I have already given you the land and the enemy will not come and conquer you and defeat you. So there had to be, again, a level of faith. Remember what the scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So they had to exercise faith, even in obeying this command, to renew their covenant and for all the males to be circumcised. And then what does God tell them after all of that? He doesn't give them battering rams or sophisticated chariots and horses to go and take Jericho. God says to them, listen, this is what I want you to do. For six days, I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho once, blowing these trumpets, and then return back to base. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times 
And then I want you to give up a loud shout. What a crazy plan. I mean, I mean, to me, it's just crazy. But notice, Joshua and the, and the people gave God immediate obedience. And you know what I saw as I was reading this? As they were walking around those walls and looking at those fortified walls of Jericho, I think what God was allowing them to see is that this is impossible for us to take. We can't do this by ourselves. Only God can give us this city. And each day they walked around and they looked up. Can you imagine? Yep. Those walls are as high as I saw them yesterday. They are as wide and thick and fortified as I saw them the day before. There is just no way we can take this. And then on the seventh day, we know they went around seven times and they shouted. And the scripture says that the walls came down. You know, often we emphasize the shouting. You know, that it's because they shouted that the walls came down. Well, you know, if you think it's about the shouting, you try going outside and shouting at a wall and see if it comes down. It won't come down. I want to say that the Holy Spirit is careful to emphasize in this scripture the reasons why the wall came down is because of their obedience, because they were meditating in the word of God, day and night, and when the commands of the Lord come forth, they brought forth immediate obedience. So it's not about the shouting. You know, we can shout, but we're not meditating in the word of God. We're not obeying the commands of the Lord. Shouts is not going to achieve anything by itself. But coupled together with meditating, developing a relationship with God through his word. And then when he shines light on our path, we offer immediate obedience. And we act in faith. Then we will see great things happening in our lives and circumstances. So we need to be courageous. We need to build our relationship with God day and night by meditating, meditating, thinking on, pondering on, memorizing the word of God. Build our relationship with God that way. Keep our hearts and minds focused on him. And then when he gives us direction or wisdom, we bring forth immediate obedience. You know, one of the things that they learned early when they crossed over into the promised land, you read the story of Achan. He disobeyed the command of the Lord. And that brought defeat, not just to him and his family, but to the whole of the children of Israel. And Joshua learned from that very quickly and in a drastic way, he brought correction to that so that they could move back to that place of uh, obedience and, and, and victory. So we ought to bring forth immediate obedience as we meditate in the word of God day and night. I want to close by saying if you're watching this broadcast and you have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ, you're still in bondage as it were. 
You can be set free today. You can be set free today because Jesus Christ, while you are still in your sin, died for you that you can have forgiveness of all your wrongdoing and be brought into a place of right standing before God, your heavenly Father. In a while, I will pray with you if you would like to take a decision today by faith to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And for those of us who are believers, let us pledge today to grow in our relationship with God through meditating in his word day and night. And when God speaks to us, let us bring forth obedience. Doesn't it say in the scripture in the New Testament that if we love God, we will obey his commands. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word to our hearts today, exhorting us to be courageous. And so may we seek to apply the lessons that we have seen in this portion of Scripture today. I believe that in this time, Lord, you are wanting to raise up a people who trust you wholeheartedly, who will believe you and exercise faith in you, O God. And so may we, uh, Lord, pledge to meditate in your word and grow in our relationship with you through your word. And as you lead us step by step, bring forth immediate obedience to you, then our way will be prosperous. And we will have good success. Doesn't mean that we won't have challenges. Doesn't mean we, that we won't have trials. But Lord, we will succeed because you have given us our promised land and you have promised to be with us and never forsake us. So lead us, O oh God, into that place of abundant living by your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I also pray for any individual who has joined this broadcast and is now deciding or has made a decision now to make Jesus Christ Lord and personal Savior. I pray, Lord, that by your blood that was shed, that these individuals will be loosed from their sins, loosed from bondages, loosed Lord, from every excuse and every reason to procrastinate today. And that, Lord, they would bring forth obedience to the voice of your spirit right now, Lord, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance. And we thank you for those who are entering now into your kingdom and into the abundant life that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. There will be a prayer following this message. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you uh, just to repeat the words of that, that prayer with a sincere heart. It's as simple as that. We can't earn 
salvation is by grace, undeserved favor, through faith in God that we are saved. So please um, join the, the prayer as you are led and God bless you in Jesus' name. You've listened to the podcast and you want to start or renew your relationship with Jesus Christ. First of all, may I congratulate you you've made the best decision you could ever make. There are three easy steps. Number one, ask for forgiveness. There'll be a prayer at the end of this for you to say, if you're not sure how to say it. Number two, believe that your prayer has been heard and it's been answered by God. Number three, confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord. That too will be in the prayer. After the prayer, there'll be some contact details for you to use. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, loving, gentle, caring and kind, you gave your life for me. As a sinner, I come to you. Please forgive me, Lord, of every sin I have ever done. Things I have said, evil thoughts I've had and things that I did to make you unhappy. Lord, I invite you now to take control of my life, that I may be the person you want me to be and the person you created me to be. I believe your words that your blood at the cross washed away all my sins and has cleansed me and set me free so that I can live with you eternally. Thank you, Lord, for loving me and for dying for me. I thank you for cleansing me and setting me free. I love you, Lord, and confess that you are my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've said that prayer and believe it, welcome into the family of God. You are now a born-again Christian. I celebrate with you that you've decided to follow Jesus. Here are some contact details for you to contact us if you need help or support during this time. Looking forward to meeting with you. Take care, keep safe and keep well. God bless. It's time for us to share communion together. And I hope that you have emblems representative of the body and blood of Jesus Christ nearby to you. Let's remember that the focus is not so much on the emblems that we have with us today, but on Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. So we will be remembering the death of our Lord. He was buried. He rose again. And that he's coming back for his own. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Listen, I am standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice, open the door and I will come into you and eat with you and you will with me. God proves 
his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to this table not because you must, but because you may. Not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because of any goodness of your own, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved you and gave himself for you. Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord that which I handed to you, that the Lord on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Let's bow our heads together. Loving God, we praise and thank you for your love shown to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for his life and ministry, announcing the good news of your kingdom and demonstrating its power in the lifting of the downtrodden and the healing of the sick and the loving of the loveless. We thank you for his sacrificial death upon the cross, for the redemption of the world, and for your raising him to life again as a foretaste of the glory we shall share. We give thanks for this bread and wine, symbols of our world and signs of your transforming love. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we may be renewed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and formed into his body. This we pray in his name 
and for his sake. Amen. Amen. I want you to, at this time, to take the emblem of the body of Christ as we share in eating this bread together. This bread is Christ's body that was broken for you. Take this in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your heart by faith with thanksgiving. Let us eat of the body of Christ. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed and made whole. Amen. Let's now lift up the cup. This wine is Christ's blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. Drink this and remember that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death let us pray your death, O Lord, we commemorate. Your resurrection, we confess. Your final coming, we await. Glory be to you, O Christ. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life, 
We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us. So we and all your children shall be free. And the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We praise thee, O God. We praise thee, O God. For the Son of thy love. For the Son of thy love. For Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Find the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Oh, glory and praise. Oh, glory and praise. To the Lamb that was slain. To the Lamb that was slain. Who has borne all our sins. Who has borne all our sins. And has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Find
said, Savior, he's worthy. We're going to sing glory, 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 glory. Oh, glory. In all things, give him glory. For he's Jesus. Let's say, Savior, he's worthy.
Are you a new or young Christian? Have you been thinking about taking membership at New Testament Church of God? Are you a seasoned Christian with a heart to disciple others? Why not join our new intake of relational discipleship? Starting mid-February 2021, Sunday mornings at 11am. The cost of the course book is £23.75. For more information, please contact info at ntcgharvesttemple.org.uk. Thank you.